Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to Trucking 101, surviving your first year with host Melissa Grimm. We'll talk about safety, managing your money, and real life out on the road. Our group has over 100 years of combined real-world driving experience. You've got questions, we've got answers. Hello, and welcome to Trucking 101, surviving your first year. The show that will not only help you survive, but thrive in your first year. Our mission is to find and pass along knowledge to new drivers that will make them the safest drivers on the road and provide a firm stepping stone into a successful career. Our show is not just for new drivers, it is also an outlet for experienced drivers to share their knowledge. If you have a question, a comment, or a topic, please press 1 and we will get you on the show. We can talk about safety, managing your money, finances, living on the truck, hours of service, compliance, or anything else you want to talk about. Uh, Tonight's show is going to be a fun one. If you saw the Facebook post, you already know. We are going to be talking about driver rants. So if you have a favorite rant that you want to share with everybody, uh, go ahead and press 1 and we'll get you on the show. Let me go ahead and bring on my co-host, Russ Morgan. Hey, Russ, how you doing? Uh, I'm Bartle. <laughs> Doing well. Awesome. So you going okay, first? So or you had. Well, how about we let you go first? You had a really good one about drinking and driving, which was amazing. Something that you oh, saw. Yeah, yeah, it was something I saw. Um, been several years ago, but uh, sitting in the truck stop one night, and. Uh, <clears throat> Saw this guy, he'd come out of the truck stop with a 12-pack of beer. Went and got in his truck. That's, to me, I, you know, I don't care if you're going to sit there and drink beers. It, you know, it doesn't bother me. Um, well, I'd sit there, and uh, he went through uh, quite a few beers. And then he fired the truck up and pulled out of the truck stop. And now i got a problem. Uh, yeah. Of course, while he was moving, I got his uh, truck number, his trailer number, his company name, and I made a phone call. Yeah. So, not sure what happened to the driver, but I'm sure that the DOT probably had a little discussion with him. So, um, I hope so. Uh, yeah, I, you know, I hope so too. Uh, you know, like I said, I, you know, I see drivers crawling their trucks with, you know, with beer and they'll sit there and drink it and then they'll, you know, go to bed or whatever. I, you know, I know, yeah, you're not supposed to have it in the truck and, uh, you know, it's, um, you're not supposed to have alcohol in the truck at all. But, I'm just going to sit there and drink it. I'm not going to scream about it. But you fire that truck up and you decide you're going to, now we're going to go drive. Now i got a problem. Uh, now everybody's got a problem as far as I'm concerned. So, you know, the motoring public. Now you just became a, you know, a danger to the motoring public and yourself. Uh, so, yeah. Right. Yeah, I did make a phone call over that one. And uh, mm-hmm. I'm sure... Uh, I'm sure uh, the uh, Highway Patrol probably had a discussion with him over it. Yep. So. Yeah, that's just crazy. I can't even believe somebody yep. would do that. It it amazes me. Absolutely. What? As, yeah. Go ahead. No, I was just going to go to the next thing, but if you wanted to add something, go ahead. Oh, no, no, no. 
I'll just no. Go ahead. Okay, one of my favorite rants. I I I just over and over and over and over and over again. I see trailers sitting in yards that have problems. The last person that dropped the trailer did not do a thing about reporting the needed maintenance on the trailer, which is not a difficult thing to do. I've worked with three different carriers so far, and reporting needed maintenance on a trailer is not hard. It is really, really easy. I'll give you a personal story. just happened to me recently. Um, I rolled into uh, a delivery. I was supposed to drop off a loaded trailer and pick up an empty trailer. And then I had another load I had to pick up. I was on kind of a tight schedule. I had given myself plenty of time originally, but that time got completely eaten up. I think I spent three hours at this customer dealing with different stuff. But the majority of the time spent there was dealing with a trailer that was dropped that had a problem. They assign you trailer numbers that you're supposed to pick up. So that, of course, the trailer number that it got assigned to me had a problem. So it, and it wasn't a visible problem. This is what took so long. Uh, you know, I went over to the trailer, hooked up to it, you know, turned all the lights on, walked around it, checked the tires, brakes, tandems, all that stuff. And it looked visibly fine. It visibly looked okay. So I went to go pull it out. And sometimes when you release the brakes on the trailers, it takes them a little bit to actually fully release, so it will take off kind of slow sometimes. So it did do that, and I thought maybe it was just the brakes. They weren't fully releasing. And uh, and then um, when I was rolling through the yard towards the guard shack, uh, when I was rolling through the yard towards the guard shack, I started hearing this squealing and I looked in my mirror and I didn't see anything on the driver's side. And then I looked on the passenger side and I saw that I was tracking rubber. I was laying down rubber on, on the, on the concrete as I was pulling through the yard. And I was like, Oh no, I got, I got a brake hanging up or something. And I went and I looked and oh, all the brakes are released. I don't know what this is, but I was definitely dragging a tire. It was squealing and it was smoking. I had to walk over to the guard shack to tell them that they had to give me a different trailer because, of course, I can't roll to the guard shack with a different trailer without permission. Uh, I had to re-back the trailer back into a different hole very slowly because I was afraid it was going to catch on fire. It was smoking that bad. It cost me two hours. It was it actually messed up the next two days for me. And you cannot tell me that the guy that dropped that trailer the last time did not realize that that had happened. I mean, there's a small chance that it happened moving from a door to a space when the yard dog was moving it. I doubt it, though. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well... Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. Um, okay. Yeah, that uh, you know, I uh, I can talk about the same thing. You know, um, uh, you know how many times have we found flat tires, or you know, and I can understand if you're pulling in there, the tires got a slow leak, and it's been sitting there a while. Okay, I get it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, you know, you got a tire that looks like uh, it's been drugged halfway down the highway with you know severe flat spots or uh, cord showing. Uh, Becky can tell a fun story about 
uh, about some tires um, if she wants to come on and tell it. Um, or um, one that really comes to mind is uh, we were in California, and we were picking up a load at Kimberly Clark, and um, uh, we are doing a drop and hook, and I went over, and I'm walking around, and I'm pre-tripping our new trailer, and I crawl up under it, and I come back out of it from under it real quick. Um, the front brake chamber on the driver's side, um, not sure how it was still together. You could see a whole lots and lots and lots of spring. Um, of course, <clears throat> when told Becky, I said, well, you know, we're going to have to call and get, you know, service trucks to come out and what have you. Well, she wanted to go look at it. Well, she went, goes to crawl under there. And, of course, I grabbed hold of her and drug her back. I said, uh, no, you can stand over here off to the side and look at that thing. Um, come to find out, it had been uh, it had been rode up, uh, but it was rode up like three months ago, and I forget uh, they told us how many miles that thing had been drug, and how many different drivers had had it, and so obviously they weren't doing pre trips or post trips uh, on that equipment mm-hmm. because I mean this brake chamber I mean it was eat up so. But, yeah, I mean, you know, it doesn't take that long to, um, you know, when you do, you know, kind of like what we do. I mean, when we do, you know, lots of dropping hooks and stuff like that, you know what? It takes me an extra five minutes to fill out uh, the uh, – Well, for for Schneider, it's a Mac 12. Yeah, for Schneider, it's a Mac 12. But, you know, it's a Qualcomm message, whatever they call it. It's just a Qualcomm message is all it is. Yeah. You fill it out. Tell them where. Tell them where the trailer is. Uh, you know what's wrong with it. You know you can. You know, there's a bunch of little yes and no Xboxes in there that you can fill out real quick, and then a quick description of what's going on. You know, uh, mm-hmm. and then you know, and out of service that trailer. You know, because you know now anytime we hook to a trailer, I mean it tells us. I, I hooked to one the other day, and it it popped up. Trailer was out of service, and uh, you know so. I, I ended up having to go get it fixed. So, because so, it floated. Yep. Yep. I was, so. um, for, at first, I needed to make an announcement. I just thought of uh, another uh, situation. Uh, but apparently, there has been uh, a fire on the freeway in Atlanta. The, uh, I don't know if the freeway has collapsed or it's just closed, but, anyways. You want to avoid I-85 uh, and Piedmont Road in the northeast Atlanta area. If you're listening and you're going that way, you're going to want to find a different way. So, that yeah, that's that's horrible. Um, hopefully nobody got hurt. But, uh, but going back to the trailers, um, I was... I went to uh, a customer and, you know, once again, it was a drop and hook and I had to go pick up an empty. This time I wasn't assigned an empty. I just went around. Usually we look for the newest ones because most of the times they don't have problems. So I tried to find the newest one and uh, hooked to it, did everything, went around to do my pre-trip on it, and it had a flat tire, and I had a choice to make. I could have either taken this trailer and gone and get the tire fixed, or I could have hooked to a different trailer. But I decided to do the responsible thing and take the trailer to go get the tire fixed because it needed to be done. I was there. So it's just uh, 
it's one of those things. If you end up with the problem, take care of the problem. It's part of your job. These are the things we have to do out here to to keep everything rolling, you know, and not end up with with the horrible delays. So that's that's my big thing, the trailer maintenance. And you had another, uh, the flip side of that on trailer maintenance. Um, what was my flip side of that on trailer maintenance? Oh, 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 I know what you're talking about. Yeah, uh, <clears throat> yeah, uh, the company not following through with stuff. Uh, um, and I and I've seen uh, I've seen and heard about this a few times, but you know uh, there's a customer that I was going to uh, haven't been there in a while, but I was going there pretty regular. And every time I'd go there, they'd say, "Hey, you know, we've been calling, uh, we've been calling in and uh, telling the company that you know the cutters are out of service. So, you know, we want to come get them." And of course, I kept reporting it, and uh, like I said, that's. I, I don't know if they ever got them out of there. I'm sure they finally got them out of there, but, you know. Um, but, you know, companies not following through with, um, you know, getting these trailers moved uh, and fixed. Um, I ran into a uh, – delivered a load one night, and I was real close to one of our yards, and uh, went to go get an empty trailer, and they said, well, we have uh, we have one that's red tagged. And uh, I said, Okay, I said, I said, give me the red tag. I said, I'll haul it over to the yard and get it fixed. And uh, I figured something simple, you know, get over there. The back doors are laying inside the trailer. They had <laughs> been ripped off. And uh, so, uh, anyway, <clears throat> but, you know, I, I grabbed that trailer and I hauled it over to the yard so they could fix it. Now, I was without an empty trailer. But, you know, I mean, I, at least I got that off their yard and, you know, to where the mechanics can get it fixed. And, of course, I um, there's usually an empty trailer at that yard there, so I picked up an empty trailer at the yard and, and uh, went on. But, uh, yeah, I'm, you know, it would be nice to get these, uh, to get the companies to, uh, well, at least get drivers to do that, to start thinking, hey, you know what, there's a yard here. You know, yeah, let me take the... Let me take the junk trailer and get it off this customer's lot, get it over here to where the mechanics are, and then, you know, I can pick up a trailer at, uh, you know, at the yard. Now, I realize, you know, sometimes you don't always have time to do that. I mean, if you're booked the way, uh, especially the way I've been running here the last uh, week or so, I mean, I've been banging the heck out of my 70 every day. Um, you know, I haven't had a whole lot of time to um, uh, for any kind of extra stuff. You know, uh, but, you know, if I run across a broke trailer, I'll still send in uh, the Qualcomm message and, you know, whatever other th- little thing else I can do. But, you know, I may not have had time. Of course, I haven't been close to a yard, but, you know, I may not have been able to haul a trailer to a yard. Uh, but we, we also have a lot of um, trailer repair places that they use that you can actually go just drop a trailer and pick up a good one. Uh, of course, you know, being here for a long time, I, you know, I know where a few of those are. So if I'm close to one and I think I can do that, you know, I may make a phone call and say, hey, you know, find out if there's any trailers over there. I'll bring this broke one in and you know, I'll pick up a good one from the uh, from the repair spot. So. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, I I we have, we actually have some. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to say we actually have somebody on the line that has a rant of their own. So let's go ahead and bring them on so they can they can okay. vent. We have Daniel in South Carolina. Hey, Daniel, you're on the air. Hey, uh, I guess my rant right now, 
because I've had to deal with it so many times, even just today or every day, DOT or FMCSA, somebody needs to do a public service announcement telling people how to merge onto the highway. I cannot believe how many people do not know how to merge onto a highway with a tractor trailer coming down the right lane. He can't move over. If I can move over, I move over. But if I can't, I can't. And they don't have enough sense to either push on that accelerator to get on out in front of me. I'd rather them do that than to ease out there. I've even had them ease out and pull right in front of them. I have to put on brakes, and then they take off. Why won't mm-hmm. they just put, put their foot on the accelerator, get on in front of you, or put on the brakes and go behind you? But there's nowhere. If there, I can't run the guy off the road in the left lane beside me, and it just, it, I just can't believe how many people just do not know how to merge. Use that acceleration lane as an acceleration lane to get up the speed of the highway. You know, they just don't. They, I, I don't know if they're ignorant or if they just they're so obsessed with their phone and themselves they're just not paying attention. But they need to pay attention, or, or they're going to have an accident. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? Yeah, absolutely. It's amazing. I, I, yeah, I call I call that driving in a vacuum. Yeah, because uh, they're 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 yeah a lot of people are not paying attention. I, you know what happens? Uh, well, I, you know what happens to all of us out here every day. But you know, I mean, same thing happened to me today. And then I, I you know, I actually had one come all the way to the end of the ramp today, and then you know, and then hit the brakes. I had nowhere to go. I mean, I had I had two trucks next to me. Uh, had absolutely nowhere to go, and I had slowed down. So. Yep, I had a couple of yep. do that today. I mean, there was nowhere I could go. I'm thinking, if you're gunning, you can get in front of me. I can't go nowhere. I'm not going to slam on my brakes unless they're just pulling in front of me, you know. And they just, and it's like they ride almost the emergency lane. Uh, hopefully, there's not a barrier there that they're not going to hit. It's just, it's crazy. They're just not paying attention. You know, we need to put out a public service yeah. announcement. How to get on the highway when a big truck's coming? Because he sometimes he yep. can't move over. People need to know that he's be educated. I guess I've I've known always known how to get on the highway. Why people don't know this is beyond me. I just don't understand. That's my biggest yeah, and you know what? Here. Yeah, and a little close to that, right there. People not knowing how to merge onto the interstate. I'll be. When I'm going down the interstate and somebody's coming on the on-ramp, if I have room in the left lane and there's nobody back there, I'll get over in the left lane so they can get on easily without having to worry about things. But then after they get on the interstate and I'm out here in the left lane, they don't let me back in the right lane. What is that oh, about? I know. Yeah, I put on my blinker because I want to get back in the right lane, and they just sit there. And I'm thinking either yeah. go forward or pull back and let me move back over. Yeah, that drives me yeah. crazy. Oh, no, they just sit there. Yeah, crazy. All right. All right, Daniel, thank you very much for calling in. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, All right. Uh, Yeah, if anybody else has any rants they want to share, go ahead and press 1. We'd love to hear them. Uh, We're just having fun tonight, you know, just kind of venting. People need to vent every once in a while, right, Russ? Absolutely. Yeah, definitely need to vent every now and then. Yeah, uh, well, you know, I'd – you know, you were talking about that they didn't want to move over. Well, I had one. Well, you know, I'm sure it happens. I mean, it happens to us every day. You know, this stuff we see every day. You know, mm-hmm. anyway, I got over, and, you know, I did the same thing. You know, I, was, I moved over in the left lane, and now I've got my blinker on, and I managed to, you know, get a pretty good ways past him. But it, it was sitting right there 
to where I couldn't, you know, you couldn't really tell if you were clear or not. So I wasn't about to move. Got my blinker on, got my blinker on, got my blinker on. I'm like, uh, come on, guy. I got trucks behind me. You know, I mean, I'm creeping. You know, I'm, you know, I never run real fast anyway. But uh, anyway, finally, he darted in behind me, and I moved over to the right lane. Anyway, he comes around. He's watching a video. He was watching a video on his phone. I was like, well, let's drive with a little Crankle Ripple inversion, shall we? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, this is crazy. Oh, man. Yeah, uh, you had another one that that you came up with when we were talking earlier about uh, uh, drivers not following customer safety policies. Oh, yes. Yeah, uh, uh, I've actually seen a... uh, um, you know, I've seen a council lost over this. Um, you know, drivers not following a customer safety policy. Not, uh, you know, here the other day I had to, uh, uh, I had to drop and hook, and uh, you know, I had to have on my safety vest, my boots, uh, uh, safety glasses, and my hard hat. I wasn't anywhere close to the building. I mean, I'm way out in the middle of, just about in the middle of a cow pasture. Um, but you know what? That's what the customer requires. Um, and uh, well, give you an example. Uh, when I was in the oil field, we had uh, we had a guy show up and didn't have on the proper equipment, so on and so forth. I mean, they, we got thrown off the location, and they ended up calling calling somebody else to come out. Uh, ended up losing a you know losing a contract over it. Um. You know, and that's, you know, absolutely ignorant. I, I, and, you know, us being owner-operators, I mean, that's that hurts big time. But, I mean, it still hurts your company, too. I mean, it hurts you, it hurts your company, it hurts, it hurts everybody. Um, you know, I mean, yeah, I realize that, uh, you know, you may think their policies are stupid or whatever. You know, I mean, I'm sitting there going, why do I need a hard hat on? And all this stuff, and I mean, I'm literally way out in the middle of nowhere. But you know what? They require it. So, uh, I'm not going to be the cause of us losing an account. Um, you know, uh, it was a good paying load, and I would like to keep running those good paying loads. So, you know, I'm going to do uh, what the customer requires. Um, you know, without uh, without fail. You know, now have I got to a customer and crawled out without my hard hat on before? Yeah, and I've had them say, hey, you're missing something. You know, right back to the truck, you know, grab the hard hat. As a matter of fact, one day I did that. I was, it was cold out, and I had my little my little beanie hat on. And, you know, you know, just didn't think. I was used to my hard hat sitting there and not that other little hat. So, but, uh, you know, but I've seen drivers that just won't do it, you know, um, and don't think that they, you know that they're not watching, paying attention. I mean, you got all the little yard mules running around and uh, cameras and everything else. Uh, you know, all they got to do is you know make a phone call to your company or uh, say uh, you know y'all come get all your trailers off our yard. You know, your yeah. uh, you know employees don't want to follow directions, uh, so you know we'll find a company that will. Yeah, I mean. Uh... The definition of the customer is the person that cuts you the check. So that's right. Really, when you're when you're going into um, a customer, a shipper or a receiver, 
you're actually taking care of your customer's customer because your carrier is the one that cuts you the check, so they are your customer. But these shippers and receivers are the ones that cut your carrier the check, so they're their customer. You still need to take care of them, though, because without your customer's customer, you don't have a paycheck. I'm sorry if that was confusing, but, you know, that's that's pretty much how it is. Does that make sense? Oh. No, hey, I followed you. I followed you all the way through. All right, cool. Yep. Awesome. Awesome. That's, that's great. Yep. Yep. You got to follow people's policies. Otherwise, they will get – they can get a little – a little upset. And then when people get upset, they usually take away the money. And we don't want that. Uh, yes. Yeah. I, I don't like anybody hurting uh, uh, my pocket. I like no, my pockets. Absolutely, absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You had one more about customer service. And this one, this one bothers me too, but you had a story about it. Oh, yeah. You what wanted happened to share? Today? Yeah. Uh, the guy that was yeah, on the so, phone. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's what I, yeah. Um, yeah. So I went in the truck stop to get a couple of things, and uh, actually, I'm trying to check out, and I'm trying to uh, uh, ask him for some stuff and what have you. And uh, anyway, he he's on the phone the whole time I'm standing there. He's on the phone. So. Anyway, so he's uh, listening to his conversation in another language and listening to me and, you know, was trying to explain something to him. And, you know, he wasn't getting me, and I, I, I don't know what was happening on the other end of the conversation there. I don't know if he was getting – it seemed like he was paying a heck of a lot more attention to that than he was to me. You know, here I am uh, – you know, I don't know if he was the owner of the store or not, but here I am spending money uh, in your store – and, you know, your phone call is more important than my money, evidently. Uh, you know, you're not taking care of your customer here. Um, uh, I guarantee if it would have got much worse, I would have turned around and walked out, and uh, there was a truck stop across the street. Yeah. I uh, could have gone over there and got my food and all my little different stuff there. You know, but... <laughs> You know, I've had the uh, you know I've had the same thing happen to shippers stuff like that. You know, usually when I walk up to the counter, somebody's on the phone. You know, it doesn't bother me because they'll lay the phone down. They'll take care of whatever business I need to take care of right there at the counter, and then they pick up their phone and they and they go on about their conversation. Doesn't bother me at all. But you know, if you're gonna be so rude as to you know not even put the phone down, take care of somebody who's trying to spend money with you. Uh, um, mm-hmm. you know I. Yeah, I, you know, I doubt I'll, I highly doubt I'll go back in there just because of the way I was, you know, just because of what happened. Um, mm-hmm. So I'll probably start uh, frequenting the place across the street if I run back through that area. So, uh, yeah. But I mean, it's ridiculous. It's you know, it's just it's just like well, what we were talking about a while ago. I mean, you got to take care of uh, you know, you got to take care of your customer. You know, uh, mm-hmm. your customer is your carrier. And then you got to take care of the of your customer's customer or your carrier's customer. Here now, I'm trying to get confused. Right. Uh, yeah. You know, because if not, then uh, you know, bottom line is it, it hurts your pocket and it hurts um, it hurts the company's pocket, uh, and which which hurts everybody's pocket. I mean, I you know I talked earlier about you know lo- uh, losing some of the contracts with 
And uh, I've seen it. I'm, you know, uh, people not going in and doing what they're supposed to do. And uh, man, I had a, I had a sweet run, and I mean, we picked up this customer, and I mean, it was going beautiful. It, it fit right in uh, with uh, where I like to run, what I wanted to do. Uh, the money was absolutely phenomenal because coming out of that area, I mean, I, you know, I couldn't come out for very much money. And so here I'm running right back into high-paying freight uh, at a really good rate and had some guys that uh, didn't want to follow the rules. Uh, you know, it lasted mm-hmm. for a few weeks, and and it was gone. Yep. So, yeah, it's all, you know, yeah, you know, take care of that customer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Definitely the, take care of that one customer. thing that I know – yeah, the one thing that I this bothers me. I'm pretty sure I'm not the only one. But it seems to happen mostly at Flying J's. I don't know why. You go into a Flying J, and a lot of times there is a line, like, through the entire building of people trying to check out. And there's one cashier that's open. But there's, like, four people behind the counter. That bugs the crap out of me. I cannot stand that. I used to I used to yeah. be a cashier. Yeah, I, I used to be a cashier at a convenience store, and they had a rule. It, it was called three or more go to the core. The core is what they called the, the little area where all the cash registers were. So they said three or more go to the core. No matter what you're doing, drop what you're doing, go take care of the customer, and then go back to what you're doing. The, whatever you're doing is not so important that you cannot drop it. Get these customers that are giving you money checked out, and then go back to what you're doing. Oh, it drives me batty. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, well, I, yeah, I'm parked at the Flying J right now. Um, and I was in there uh, getting a couple of things. And there was quite a few people in there. Now, there were two, you know, they did have two cashiers working. There were still quite a few people in there. And then uh, the lady over the Cinnabon thing, now, she was getting some stuff out of the oven. So, uh, you know, but as soon as she got her stuff out of the oven, she started hollering for customers to come over there. And she said, I think she said, if, you know, if you're not paying for fuel or, you know, if you're just checking out, you can come here, you know. So, obviously, they got it going on there. Or at least whoever was working the Cinnabon in there has a clue. I'm assuming that if she does, then the rest of the employees do, and the uh, manager has done his job training the employees. Right. So, it's not yes, every that, flying yeah, day, but it's, yeah, yeah. A lot of flying days I go into are, are great. They do a great job with everything. Um, but some of them, and even pilots too, uh, but for some reason, Flying J just sticks out in my mind. Most of the time when this happens, I'm in a Flying J. So, yeah. Uh, let's see. I think we have another. I'm not sure if he's done in the screen room or not. I have some info. Let's see. We have Carl in Texas. He's got a rant for us. Hi, Carl. Andrew. You're on the air. Hello. Hi. Um, the the hey. driver that was talking about moving out to let other traffic on the freeway. Yeah. Um, you, you want to be real careful about that. Three weeks ago, I was on the south end of the 205 loop up around up by Portland, Oregon, down there on the southeast corner of it. And I moved out to the left lane to let some traffic come on, and plus there was a slow truck in front of me. I was going around him, too. And there was a cop sitting on the on-ramp. 
before I got to the end of, to the merge point of the on ramp and the interstate lanes, cop was coming out. Well, he bypassed two cars that were tailgating me so that he could pull me over. He did an inspection on my truck and trailer, couldn't find anything wrong to write me up for there, so he wrote me a left lane ticket because I'd moved out to pass a truck and let let traffic come on. Um, Needless to say, I have a little bit of attitude about that now, and when I go through that little town again, I will set my cruise control at 45 miles an hour because I believe that's the minimum speed in Oregon. And I will get in that right-hand lane, and I will not move over for anybody. Yeah. Oh man, the, I'm telling you. You know these 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 areas that have the lane restrictions against trucks. Don't get out in that left lane unless you absolutely have to, and then get out of it as quick as you can, because they will write you tickets for it. Obviously, will. Yep. I've, yeah, you got to pay attention. You know, I've I've busted my butt for the last twelve years to keep my record clean, and now because that cop wanted to ride a left lane ticket, my record ain't clean no more. Yep. Did you find the ticket? That sucks. What's that? Did you find the ticket? I can't afford to fight the ticket. It'll cost me thousands of dollars, literally. The freight I get going up there doesn't pay that good. The freight that I get coming out of there doesn't pay worth nothing. And then I've got to go up there and take a day off to go to court or hire an attorney that'll cost me 1500 or $2,000. I can't afford it. Yeah, I fought, uh, well, I fought, I fought everything I've ever gotten. So just to keep, uh, you know, not that I get them that often. Uh, in my whole commercial driving career, I've only had a, um, two, I think I've had three. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I fought every one of them. So, yeah, I just, no, you know, well, don't, don't want anything on that record at all. Well, I I checked off the no contest and send in a letter to the judge stating what happened and I also put in that letter that if that car had a dash cam on it he needs to check that to see that I did not stay out in that left lane excessively long and I told him that that officer's targeting of trucks will have impact on how I drive through their town and where I do business, i.e. buying groceries, going to meals, getting uh, equipment and repairs for the truck and trailer, you know, all, all that kind of stuff. And uh, I haven't heard back from the court yet, but hopefully the judge will look at that and throw it out. Yep. Yeah, that, yeah, that would definitely well, good enough. luck. Yeah. Anyway, just you know, that's a it's a heads up for people that if there's a left lane restriction, stay out of the left lane. Yep. Okay, Carl. Thank you. Yep. Have a good one. 
Yeah, you gotta you gotta pay attention to that. If there's a left lane restriction, sometimes uh, you get a cop out there that's just looking for somebody to write a ticket for the uh, for the left lane restriction. Another thing is is it's not just a left lane restriction. Some um, places that you drive through require trucks to be in the center lane when you're going through. I'm trying to remember uh, Spokane. When you're going through Spokane, it they want trucks in the center lane going through Spokane. So, yeah, you just want to pay attention to all your signs to make sure you're in the right spot so you don't get a a guy that's looking to write somebody a ticket. Well, I had a rant texted to me. Okay. Um, yeah, and he brings up a good point. Um, some of the drivers in truck stops seem to think that it's a racetrack. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, and uh, you know, uh, you know, especially well, well, any time. But you know, you know, I'm out here a lot of times at night walking the dog. Now I'm, you know, usually if I've had my vest on during the day, I mean, there's a lot of places that require me to wear that vest. So, you know, I may have on one of the highly visible vests on, but you know, a lot of these drivers don't. Uh. And uh, how many times have we seen uh, truck drivers coming through, uh, you know, the truck stop? And, I mean, you can hear them hit the high side of the transmission. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, you got people out here walking around. you got animals out, you know, people out walking their animals. Uh, you know, I've seen kids coming to see their fathers, mothers, so on and so forth. Uh, yeah. Um I was uh, I was trying to convince him to come on and tell the brand himself, but uh, he's shy. I think that pretty well covers it, you know. Yeah, yeah, he's shy. Uh, you know, uh, slow down. I mean, usually when I'm running through the truck stop parking lot, I'm in, uh, you know, I'm at about ten miles an hour or less. You know, usually no, usually no faster than about ten miles an hour. You know, there's. N- you know, no load that's worth me, you know, somebody stepping, you know, accidentally walking around the nose of a truck or something like that, and I'm going by and me hitting them. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You know, there's no Too no much, load too much stuff out. going on. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Way, you know, way too much stuff going on <coughs> out here. Yeah. Okay. Uh, let's let's bring on another caller. I like to call him our special guest. We have Stephen in Indiana. Hi, Stephen. You're on the air. How you doing? Hey, Melissa. Hey, everybody. Um, I'm doing good. A uh, little challenging week, but um, it's raining, and I'm uh, in the cab of the truck dry. So, hey, doing good. There you go. So um, I missed the first part of the show, but we're talking about rants. So um, mm-hmm. I've heard some some of the stories, and um, it's really easy to just, you know, bundle everything up and, you know, just let everything drive you crazy. And, uh, you know, it goes back to, I think the last time I was on the show, it's a good idea to have folks to talk to. I think this is a good option for us to be able to talk about what's bothering us and, you know, how we go about our days to overcome those challenges, you know. So... Um, running through this week, I've had, you know, several challenges and, um, you know, just, um, 
one thing right after another just kind of, you know, came at me, and I, I kept my head up and kept moving forward. But, you know, looking at all the things that I have to rant about is listening to, like, uh, the CB radio. You know, you're going down the road, and everything's fine, and you're trying to keep up with, uh, say, traffic updates and all that kind of good stuff. And people are just constantly complaining or making comments and then you have the the other guy that is quick to come in and solve everybody's problems. And they're so quick to to judge and make comments or solve the other person's problems without actually knowing the true situation that that person's in. You know, so, you know, it's just uh, it's kind of a crazy world that we live in. Um, I think the best options that we have is, uh, you know, to just... Um, Take time, listen, ask open-ended questions, let people really explain themselves, or maybe even let them answer those questions for themselves before we get all pissy and aggravated. And, you know, uh, it might be that I'm just not experienced as the next driver. So I show up and want to know why in the hell are all the trailers dropped and they're so high. Well, they might be doing it so the snow doesn't accumulate or the rain doesn't accumulate on the top and form ice over the night, Paul, and then you have a DOT issue the next morning. But if I'm too quick to complain and not ask questions or look for help, then I'm really not solving any problems, you know. So I don't know. I can probably rant about a lot of things, but I thought I would add that, just uh, folks taking time to really listen to find the core problem. No, you got good stuff. Keep going. Oh, wow. Well, I guess I can share some of the challenges that I've had this week. Um, yeah, uh, go for it. That's what the show's all about. Vent. Vent? Oh, no. I don't know yes. if it's venting. I mean, I'm here for the ride. I'm here for the experience. Um, so uh, I think uh, you and I were on the phone one night, or all of us were on the phone one night, whenever I had my driver's uh, window decide to uh, go to the basement, so to speak, uh, uh, it um, detached internally and fell into the window, just dropped down. So, you know, what options do I have? You know, I could call somebody and wait for somebody to come out, a service call and expenses, or, you know, uh, I could try to find somebody to, to go fix it, or else I could look and see if it's something that I could temporary, temporarily put a fix on. So that's what I did. And, um, yeah, I, yeah I, I heard you pull the duct tape out. Well, the duct tape was for Chewy. That was for, oh. that was for my little co-pilot, Chewy. He wouldn't sit still, so I had to duct tape his tail over into his own seat over there and mind his business. He was telling me how to do things, uh, you know, and that's, that's just too much. So, But, no, I'm just playing. No no uh, animal cruelty was involved. Uh, it's just a joke. So, But, no, I mean, I was digging through there, and, you know, I was making, you know, jokes about things, and I was whistling and just really trying to achieve what, you know, um, a solution to the problem, you know. But it doesn't mean it wasn't frustrating. It doesn't mean, you know, the the, the I guess the rant would be all on myself. So the weekend, a week, uh, I guess it was two weeks ago, I, I was at the house and did some work on my lawnmower at the house. And uh, I realized when I showed up to a shipper that trailer didn't have um, – mud flap on it. I have a mud flap. 
and I get up under the bunk and, um, you know, look for my tools and realize my tools are still sitting in the garage at the house. So, you know, I've been, I've been, I've been, you know, they're safe. They're stowed away in a safe location. They're dry, they're warm, they're cuddly. And, uh, uh, I have no use for them right now. So, but anyway, that just goes to show you, you know, a good set of tools, spare set of tools that you can leave in the truck and not move back and forth. It's probably a good idea, but you know, I kicked myself in the butt several times in the week, so I could have used that to uh, fix a headlight issue. Um, the truck has, uh, I guess, an inherent problem with this model, and um, they take uh, a hot wire to ground, and they hit a kind of a junction where you connect everything, and it splits off to high beam, low beam. And I could have straight wired it if I had all the tools uh, available um, and fixed it on the side of the road versus trying to go spend some money at a truck stop. We all know the prices are so competitive there at, you know, the Flying J since, you know, we're all talking about Flying J. But anyway, you know, I could have invested in some more Pilot uh, Flying J tools or something. But um, anyway, uh, later on in the week, uh, let's see, I've got um, – a belt go out on the AC, um, and I'm scared to let the window down. But I, um, I did actually get that window fixed. Um, so as the story goes, I tear apart the side of the door and figure out uh, the components that broke. And uh, I just kind of kept digging around, digging around the truck, and I finally gave up. I really did. I had several other folks try to influence me to just take it to a truck stop, get it fixed, whatever, and I was being stubborn or hard-headed. So I barrel off uh, through Virginia, West Virginia, and go to the gorge, and I'm in shorts and a T-shirt because, Lord, it was beautiful this last week in Virginia. And um, needless to say, the temperatures dropped, and with a window wide open and the wind blowing in on you at 60 miles an hour, I quickly got cold and started really brainstorming on how I could fix this thing. It, it definitely gave me the motivation I needed. So um, I hit up a Walmart at the um, edge of West Virginia there, uh, the other side of West Virginia, started piddling around, and um, I found some extra bolts and washers and nuts and things that I had collected in the bottom of a box. So I used the claw hammer that I had and um, cut one bolt that was too long, and use the other that was about the right size, and uh, just basically bolted it on there with, uh, I guess you would call it a jam nut type situation, tightening two nuts uh, against each other, you know, um, same time, and uh, created a ledge to hold the window up. So it's it goes up and down. I'm just afraid to to let the window down without providing any support. So, but uh, I guess that could be a rant. All Colombia's made in Mexico. Why? <laughs> Why did you try to save on just a couple of inches of copper wire to hit a junction in the headlight lens? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, Why you and me can both talk Why? about that for days. Why do a harness for a harness that goes through the harness? I don't uh, through the I don't I don't understand. But I mean, now this is this is a good example. Is you know I had been running with this issue and swapped this uh, you know fifteen dollar part, twenty dollar part out, and was afraid that you know maybe it's the harness from the headlight lens back towards the tractor, and that's the expensive side of things. 
you know, I kept thinking about it, thinking about it. And I had to ask other people and ask other people. And everybody has been, I guess, uh, I guess socially engineered uh, to just replace a part, throw it away, replace it, throw it away, replace it. Um, and I think it was you, Russ, that um, somewhere, some along the way, found out that it's better just to hardwire it, leave that junction out, hardwire it, and be done with it. Because those connecting yeah. pins aren't, you know, they burn up. Yeah, yeah, they do. They burn up. And I think what's burning those connecting pins up is the uh, the fact that um, right there at that junction, the wires get so much smaller. Um, yeah, so that's, uh, yeah, that's how we figured this thing out. I took and, and um, you know, we cut all those wires out and... Uh, we direct wired. Well, yeah, we uh, we re- actually replaced all that junction and all the way up into the uh, lighting system with heavy wire, and my lights got brighter, and I haven't had another problem. And as soon as the other side starts screwing up, I guarantee uh, the wire cutters are going to come out, and uh, we're gonna, I'm going to do the other side the same way. Uh, oh, yeah. Direct wired. It makes and, sense, but uh, I mean. You know, that's a good example of, you know, if everybody's thinking along the same lines and you follow the same path, you're going to wind up with the same results. So, you know, if you're going down the road and everybody's ranting and complaining and agitated, man, change the channel. You know, uh, look at look at things in a different light, you know, and find another solution. Go to the people that are not ranting and complaining about the same situations. You know, it's good to vent. Find the right circles. You might want to not vent to everybody in public, every person you meet, you know. Um, They might be having just as bad a day as you are, and you might not like the the answer you're going to receive. So, but, I mean, that right there, you know, I beat my head up against the wall several times thinking about, you know, there is a solution. I just haven't found it yet. And you found it. Uh, I mean, and just yep. sharing positive things, solutions to the problem, instead of quickly judging and telling people this is what you're going to do and that's how you're going to do it. Got to work together. Got to work together. Yeah, that's well, the only way the industry is going to be good. Go ahead, Melissa. Yeah, well, we got Jerome on the line. You guys want to hear what Jerome's got to say? Oh, I'm not Jerome. sure we want to hear what Jerome has to say. Well, let's see, anyways. Hey, Jerome, you're on the air. Hello. Okay, uh, I lost my shyness, apparently. Um, and okay. I just pulled into the Petro. I just pulled into the Petro in Carlisle, Pennsylvania. And why do people insist on pulling into parking spots? Back the truck up. You take up more space when you pull in than you do backing up. You have to back up to a dock. Why can't you back up to a parking spot? Like, some companies they train in them that way. They 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 tell them in certain circumstances they're supposed to pull nose in. Like that, that's just. I mean, it, it takes up. I mean, Russ and I had this problem the other evening in uh, Davenport, Iowa, where we were trying to get parked in parking spots, and people are pulled into pulled into the parking spot, and it makes it so much harder because. You know, 
I mean, the obvious reasons. The the hood of the truck isn't as big and square as the back of the truck. I mean, like, yep. Uh, that's you can't put the tail of the trailer over over the curb. You know, you don't have as not as much overhang, and so you're going right. to have all of the tractor, you know, and the fifty foot three fifty foot uh, fifty three foot trailer hanging past that curb. But I, I will admit, oh, yeah. Jerome, I used to live in the Quad Cities, and unfortunately, I have left there, and I didn't have time to, you know, help folks out, teach them the proper way. They thought I was crazy. So. <laughs> well, and and I mean, this last week, I, I've had a few other things that has happened. Uh, I mean, out I, I live in Northwest Iowa, and uh, people like it, it, the the. Two lane roads are 55 mile an hour, which is plenty fast because some of them are got some hills and blind corners and blind driveways and blind whatever. And, and last week I had two trucks pass me. I was doing 60 mile an hour, was doing a little over the posted speed limit, and I had two trucks pass me on a two lane road and uh, you know on hills and such. And and it's not only dangerous for me. It's dangerous for them. It's dangerous for oncoming traffic. It, you know, there's a laundry list of people that you can wipe out in a matter of minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Uh, going back to the the pulling into the parking spaces, I actually have a good story with that. It, it, Two truck drivers decided to pull into their parking spaces and created a complete cluster for them and two other people. Uh, one guy pulled, they were both on the corner. One guy pulled on, on one end of the corner right next to the curb, and the other guy pulled in a couple spaces down, but still on the same corner. So they got the two people in between them boxed in so they cannot pull out and leave in the morning. And the the guy uh, that was on the curb, he couldn't back out because the guy was pulled in a couple spaces down and he was hanging out. So it was a complete cluster. Uh, yeah, I, do, I don't understand why you, why you would do something like that. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, well, the other night at the Blind Day that he's talking about, um, that road that we were on, uh, it, 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 it was amazing how many people had pulled in and you know this you know if everybody parks right in that place it's not terrible to deal with i mean it's a little tight back but i mean it's not terrible to deal with uh the hole next to me stayed open all night because of the way uh that they were parked you could not park next to me uh because of there was a truck that was yeah i know i'm surprised somebody didn't take my hood off either but it's because there was a truck that was pulled in um, but yeah, I mean, uh, now a box truck or a bobtail could have parked next to me, but nobody parked next to me, uh, that night because mm-hmm. they couldn't. Right. You know, yep. uh, there was just the, the math didn't work. Exactly. So. Yeah. Now I'll pull into a space. Um, uh, if there's a, a wide open area behind me, I mean like enough room behind the parking spaces where you could like swing around and straight back in. Uh, I will pull into a space in that situation if I'm particularly tired, you know, because, um, you know, I just don't want to have to have to mess with it. 
but I, I just did it a couple of weeks ago. The TA at Breezewood, I reserved a space down there because I didn't roll in until like 11 o'clock. And the area behind the reserve spaces is, is wide open. You Like I said, you could swing it around and, sh- and scrape back in, even though they're angled spaces. So I just pulled in because I had plenty of space behind me. But uh, a lot of the times it's, it's not a good idea because you just create problems. Oh, absolutely. Um, well, like where I'm at right now, this uh, across from us, uh, they have the uh, idle air, and now we're back down over here. Uh, and when I parked earlier, there wasn't many people here. Uh, now we're all kind of facing weird and what have you. Uh, I imagine these spots are going to get to where um, you know they're a little tough to get into. Mm-hmm. Uh, so at least there's a little more room here. Uh, a heck of a lot better than it was the other night. So, and yeah. um, I, I think your storm caught up with me because it is it, it, it's, it's getting nasty over here. So, oh, so it's my storm now. Did I create it? I didn't realize well, I had hey, that power. Well, hey, you, you you were the one that was driving through it the other night, so I'm blaming you for sending it. <laughs> I pushed it your way. <laughs> uh, you must have. Oh, that's hilarious. Um, well, we're we're just about down to the end of the show, and uh, we had a lot of fun, uh, a lot of complaints. You know, one thing that didn't get brought up that I'm surprised that nobody brought it up was what we like to call, or at least what I like to call, what I've heard, our elephant races. Oh, yes. Talk about your elephant race. Oh, my goodness. Drive me crazy. And I have a different perspective than most people. Most people get mad at the guy that's in the left lane that's like, you know, just inching and inching and inching and inching and just barely faster than the guy in the right lane, and it takes forever, and traffic gets backed up for miles and people get ticked off. I am mad at the guy in the right lane for not slowing down two or three miles an hour to let the guy go past him and then motor on his way because he's obviously faster. It doesn't even take two minutes for that process to take place, and then you don't have a bunch of angry four-wheelers and truck drivers behind you. Oh, absolutely. You know, I mean, I do that. Yeah. All, you know, of course, I'm, I'm mosey anyway. Uh, so, uh, you know, passing me is not difficult. You know, unless for some reason I'm running behind schedule, then, you know, i got enough horsepower I can run with anybody. But, um, yeah, I, you know, I, you know, I'm by all, you know, if somebody's coming around me and they can't, you know, having a hard time getting by me, you know, I'm back out of the throttle, you know, that, you know, so what, it costs me an extra, you know, 10 or 15 seconds, you know, right. to let that, to let him go and, um, get traffic flowing again, but yeah, the, yeah, the drag mm-hmm. racing of trucks, or as you call it, elephant racing, uh, yeah, that, that drives me insane too. And yeah, I'm surprised nobody brought that up. Um, yeah. Uh, well, I guess you did. <laughs> I did. Well, I was like, it's it's a it's a rant. I know it's a favorite. I guess nobody uh, wanted to share it tonight, so I figured I would share it because it's one of the things that I just can't stand. Well, we are at the end of the show. Um, it's been another great show. I want to thank everybody for calling in. And 
Let me just, I want to tell everybody about the other podcasts that we have that are really good. Go uh, every Sunday night at 8 p.m. Eastern, listen to Rolling Toe with uh, Mike and Kevin Beckett. Very informative and also very funny. And then on Tuesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern, go listen to Trucking with Authority with host Kenny Long. And on Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern, listen to Rates and Lanes with Rico Muhammad. And then also check out Destination Health Wednesday at 1 p.m. with Kevin Rutherford and Kim Cockerham. And I just want to sign off with a quote from one of our best-selling favorite authors, Larry Wingen. Do what you do enough to become excellent at it. Otherwise, you don't. Thank you very much, everybody. Good night. Good night.